1: Jesus said is coming to pass I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel welcome Dirk I'm glad you're listening we're in trouble that's been my message all week we are in trouble And it's not going to get better. It's going to get much, much worse. I was praying about this this morning, all morning. And part of my sense is that we would do well to just pull back and pray and focus on repentance and Jesus just received information that a very precious person in our family is to be ordained as a pastor into the assemblies of God in Idaho in April. My first inclination was, let's go. They need your support and your love to my wife. Well, she hasn't prayed it through yet. She needs to do that. The part of me says let's not do anything, let's get in the prayer closet and let's stay there on our faces before God because we're in such dire straits the whole nation. I've never seen or heard anything like this in my life. It's as though the government has decided to destroy itself, to destroy America. I read in Matthew, the 24th chapter, You will be handed over to be persecuted, to be put to death. You will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. The normative word for our age is deception, lies, Then verse 12. It's the one that troubles me the most. Deception? Okay, we can deal with that. Straight up, straight head on. Here's the word. This is what it says. Now, we're going to follow the word of God no matter what happens to us. But verse 12 tells us something else is happening also. Because of the increase of of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Well, we're not at the end yet but we're right at the end and what is most apparent is that there is a a wind blowing over America. It's a wind that causes us to grow cold. It's a verb. To breathe gently upon. To chill slowly. That's what's happened to us in America. I don't think any of us have set out to try to be worldly. But we have become very worldly. All of us. Why? Because there's been a a cold breeze. Have you ever sat beside the ocean in the warmth of the sun and then the sun goes down and without you even beginning to notice that there is a, a chilling breeze off the ocean that begins to blow and you suddenly feel frozen, cold, that's what's happening. false Christs, false prophets. It's a strange thing. I'm not quite sure how to talk about it, but I'll try. Somehow, in the midst of all of this, we feel submerged. Submerged in the sounds and the activities of the world. We feel submerged. And then something will happen. And I'll feel myself rise above all the noise and commotion of the world. And I'll be in the presence of God. And I don't want to say, Lord, I just want to stay in your presence. I want to put a a jacket on. I don't want that cool breeze blowing on my body and my heart and my mind. Let me read this for you. Verse 36 of Matthew 24, no one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. And took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, One will be taken and the other left. Therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You know, I've read this most of my life, my reading life. And what it's really saying is that we have a cool breeze blowing on us. And that cool breeze chills us to the bone and causes us to be unaware of what's going on around us. If you're conscious, you know when you sink below the waves of the world and most in our day are deep below the waves not watching sound asleep No awareness that at any moment Jesus could come. Right now he could come while this broadcast is going on. There's no reason why Jesus cannot come except it's not the appointed time by the Father. Listen. Listen with your ears. You hear the sounds of Sodom and Gomorrah. The sounds are the same. The sounds are the same from Sodom and Gomorrah. And suddenly the fire began to fall from heaven and it was consumed with With fire. Now, we don't expect anything to happen, but I have to be honest with you, I know something terrible, unexpected, is going to come upon our nation. Oh, the signs are all there. The threats of thermonuclear war, the signs of ballistic missiles striking our cities, the signs of America losing its entire financial banking industry. The signs are all there of catastrophic loss we don't believe it because we've never seen it we've never been at war on our ground we don't think anything like this could happen to america we'd be shocked we will be shocked We will be totally shocked. But it's coming. And I feel like an ogre for saying such things. Everything is supposed to be happy. Everything is supposed to be. We're prosperous. The banking industry is fine. No, it's not. They're lying. I look over here at Acts, the third chapter. Acts, the third chapter. Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Verse 12. Why do you stand as if by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked that a murder be released to you. You killed the author of life. but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith, in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and by faith that comes through him that he has given this complete healing, as you can now see. Now, brothers... I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent, then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Christ, who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Now, verse 21 is, he sets it straight. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Well, we're at that time. Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything. We're at that time. It's time for God to restore everything to righteousness, to holiness. As I said a minute ago, stop and listen to the sounds in the restaurant, in the store in the marketplace, in your home, in your own conversation. What do you hear? Normal American noise. Drowning out the sound of the Holy Spirit moving about us. I tell you what's happening to me. As I awakened this morning, I sensed a new opening in the spirit in my mind, my life, my ministry. Because it's not mine, it's his. I said yesterday and I I truly meant what I said. Salvation comes from from Jesus. Salvation comes from God. We did not initiate a rescue mission to earth. We have not initiated a rescue operation for our own lives. It was initiated by Jesus Christ. your place in Jesus as a sinner washed and cleansed and made whole. You didn't initiate that. You didn't initiate turning to God. He initiated that in your heart. Salvation is entirely an idea from the throne room of God. Atonement for sin is not man's idea. Atonement for sin is from Jesus. It is what he is offering us because he loves us. It's not because we love him. What we see happening in the world are the final signs that the cool breeze has blown so long upon us and upon the church that we're freezing. We have lost all sense of righteousness in America. All sense of morality has been cast out. We have a president who can I don't want to even go there, guys. I don't need to say it. Liars and cheaters. Murders. We deserve the president we have. This nation deserves him. He represents us. And he represents the church. Oh, you may not like that. But it's the truth. Is there a a people rising up in revival, repentance in America? No. But there will be because it's God's idea. Revival is not man's idea. Revival is another beautiful, incredible gift from the throne room of God to stir us up and say, come on, wake up. Wake up. I'm going to pour cold water on you. You slumber in that bed as though it's your bed. It's not. Wake up. Now is the time. Set apart hours for prayer. Jesus said, could you not pray for even one hour to Peter? Prayer doesn't start until after the hour, the first hour. Why? Because there's so much junk to be cleared out of our hearts and our minds. It's going to take time to wait before God. And for God to come in his powerful Holy Spirit and begin to turn things and turn the tide of our hearts away from this Sodom and Gomorrah attitude. Oh, I know. You're busy. You're busy. You don't have time. What do you have time for? Die? Do you have time to die? I don't have time for anything in my heart now except to turn unto the Lord and repent for my coldness of heart and plead that He would totally change. You see, I've known lots of things intellectually. but the Bible does not say. Get your intellectual understanding straightened out. No, it says repent. Turn to God that your sins may be wiped out. That he might send the Christ who has been appointed for you. Even, even Jesus. I don't know if it's too late for you. I don't know if it's too late for me. But what I do know is that as I'm reading and praying and preaching and struggling With this humongous idea of worldliness and righteousness, that the Lord is opening my heart. The Lord is opening my heart, and I sense movement in my spirit that is not coming from Ray's spirit. It's coming from God's spirit. You see, the only hope I have, God had an idea of redemption before the world was created. And then he looked at what was happening And he said, you know what? I don't like what's happening. I'm going to wipe out millions of people with a great deluge, with a flood. And we're going to start this thing over. The way he started it over was sending his Messiah. They'd planned this before the creation of the world, but now was the time. Okay, let's start with Abraham. Isaac, Jacob. Let's start with the Jewish people. Let's pour out our spirit. So the spirit of God was poured out. It was rejected. He was rejected. Time after time. So Jesus had to send them all into captivity. Most of them died, started over, started over. For 400 years, there was no prophet, no word from God. And then a baby was born in a manger. And God said, I'm going to be a part of them. And whatever happens to my people, I'm going to walk with them. So now we're in that 2,000 year period where God walks with his people. We're coming to an end of that 2,000 years. And Jesus is going to come and redeem to himself. Those who have made a covenant by sacrifice, who have laid their lives down and have not picked them up again. I know now in my own spirit that God is calling me again. He's done it before. He's doing it again. He's doing it in, in my heart, in my life, in my mind. So much so that I find myself in the prayer closet, trembling and weeping before Almighty God. I find myself... I listen to my wife as she's in her prayer closet. I listen to the tears, the cries. I see God is moving in her as he's moving in me. I don't know who else he's moving in. I pray he's moving in you. He's coming. Jesus is coming. This thing is almost over. Do you understand? Jesus is coming. I sense that coming of the Spirit in my own heart. And it causes me to tremble, literally to tremble inside. I say, oh, come, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. He's going to come with power before the second coming. He's going to come with power, moving in our spirits, calling us into much deeper water, calling us to repent, to lay before him in our tears, to cry out for his Holy Spirit. I said in the opening of the broadcast, some of you just need to go into the closet and close the door and weep before the Lord because of your coldness Sitting out on the beach of the world, I want to read something to you. Revelation, the sixth chapter. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. Is that what's going to happen next? Well, I don't know. The fourth and fifth seal are still there. The fourth seal is the famine, and it's already upon the earth. And the fifth seal is the cry of the souls. Under the altar. How long, O Lord? I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black, like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. The stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs drop from the fig tree which, when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. And then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the, the rich, the mighty, every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, And they called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? Can you stand? Look, I'm trying to be as straightforward and as honest as I can be about our condition, and about the time in which we live. Most people don't like my preaching. They don't want to hear about judgment. They don't want to hear about death. They don't want to hear that the Lord is coming and that many are going to be wiped away. I'm sorry. I still have to talk about it. I still have to identify the fact that Jesus is coming again. this world as we now know it. I'm speaking now as an American who lives in northern Virginia with Walmarts that bath and beyond, the malls, the Potomac mills, the privileges of life, the Wegmans grocery store. Life as we know it is not going to continue. The sound in the heavens is already clear to the hearer who will rise up out of the coolness and the depth of the water of the world's wickedness. Anybody who still begins to poke their head out will hear the sounds of crisis and destruction, Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus is coming. He's beginning to call you Revival is the turning of a heart at God's initiation towards salvation. Some of you have not even begun yet to hear the sound of God calling you out of this wicked world, equipping you and preparing you to hear the sound of revival, where men and women will fall on their faces and they'll weep before God. And they will search after holiness. They will search after righteousness. Righteousness. What is that? That's the mercy of God. That's the coming down upon us. Of God's righteousness. Innocence. And as we begin to walk in that innocence, we're made holy. Some of you are still blowing all of this off that I'm saying. Don't blow it off, please. I'm not crazy. I'm hearing the call of God in the spirit to America, to repent, to turn from our sin before we're destroyed, to turn and seek the face of Jesus like you've never done before. And all of this, all of this is a gift from Jesus. It doesn't sound like much of a gift to be under such duress. I am under great duress. I'm under great financial duress. I'm under great physical duress. I have a broken leg. I told my wife, God took away my freedom so I could get free. I come up out of it. I begin to understand what the Spirit is saying. And then I sink back. I don't want to sink back anymore. To understand it's I'm not very smart oh yes I know I'm college educated I'm graduate school graduate I've done the studies I've served as a pastor it's not enough And I'm pleading with God to do his final act of mercy, which is to send his Holy Spirit to teach us the way of holiness. I'm not going to argue with anybody about the finished work of Christ. That was just all foolishness, and it's led thousands of people to hell because it's convinced them that they're fine in the midst of their sin. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you're walking in sin, you're headed to hell. And you've got to stop. And you've got to get serious with me. And you've got to say, Oh, my brother, my sister, Jesus is coming. Chapter 7 of Revelation, verse 9, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes, meaning they were washed. They were not walking in sin, and they didn't get that robe while they were still walking in sin. They were holding palm branches in their hands, and they were crying out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God. Yes, he initiated. He set it up. He said, I'll do it. He's doing it. And the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell down on their faces before the throne. And they worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders asked me, those in white robes, who are they? Where'd they come from? Where'd they come from? These are they who came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That tribulation is now crashing upon us. Never again will they hunger. They serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They'll never hunger again. They'll never thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Please hear me. You need to take time off of your schedule with Sodom and Gomorrah and get serious before God. Is the Spirit of God moving in you? Are you trembling before Him? Are there tears? Then you need to go the next step. And you need to find a people who are in the same place. And you need to humble your heart before God. If you're in the Washington metro area, you need to come to the prayer chapel. We're nobody. It's not about us. It's about what happens there. And we're just starting. We're just beginners. Put away your fears. Put away your objections. Put away your questions. And just come and find God. Let the Spirit of God move you out of your slowness of heart your coldness of heart. We're not lukewarm anymore. We're cold in America. It's time to get right with Jesus. It's time to put away our sin. You're welcome to come. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll get all the information you need on how to find us and how to open your purses because this is going to cost a lot of money. We're going to have to rent a large place for public meetings because God is moving. you understand what I just said? God is moving. Is he moving in your heart? If he's not moving in your heart, you're in trouble. If you're not trembling before him, you're in trouble. You may be bypassed. Don't be bypassed. We're at the end. We're at the end. Lord, I come today knowing that revival is a gift from your spirit. Knowing that you alone can move in a man's heart and cause him to get serious enough to repent before you. Lord, lift us up out of this Sodom and Gomorrah culture. For this whole culture is about to go up in flames. I don't know if in war, but I know there will be war and famine, death and destruction on every hand, and we've played around long enough. It's time now, Lord, for us to get serious with you, to not assume that we can continue living our normal American life, Sodom and Gomorrah life. Lord, you've warned us. You've shown us what will happen. And now I ask, Lord, that you would come in mighty flaming power and give to me and to those listening the gift of revival. Where what we have begun can be finished in righteousness and holiness Lord Jesus, please come. Lord, I lift up those who are sick today. They need healing. We need healing. I lift up to those, to you, those who are needing healing desperately in their minds, whether from Alzheimer's or some other issue. I ask Jesus that we would see a miracle begin to happen across this country. As people get serious and they begin to come searching after you, Jesus, Jesus, for I know you're going to release your healing power. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Come quickly before we perish, before we are destroyed for our sin. Lord Jesus, please come. I praise and honor your name, Jesus. I thank you because I know it's all from your initiation. It's all what you're doing. I know it's all coming out of your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. NationalPrayerChapel.com or write to me at Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 That's National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 God bless you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for revival for you. I'll talk to you soon.
0: This is a...